sometimes I have to surprise you guys, and this is a surprise. Pat doesn't even know what's going on. I literally told him beforehand. You guys know about the logo on the top top right corner of the screen, right above Pat's head. But now, I have a fun little intro I get to roll courtesy of Cryer Media. So, hit it. Being inserted into every single podcast will be that quick little six-second thing just because Cryer Media is the company that represents me. Like Pat Lane here is represented by SP Nation's Pat's Pulpit. Love it. Said it's it's, it's going to be March tomorrow, which is weird to me that it's already March and 2023 is just flying by. But how are you on this last day of February? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We had a snow day, uh, kind of an unnecessary snow day, but a little snow day today. So I'm down with it. Um, worked out for me. I, the kids the kids had work and my wife and I, I kids, kids at school and my wife and I both did not. So it was kind of nice. They had a two hour delay, so we didn't have all day, but. We went out. We have a bunch of renovation that we're doing in a few months. So we went out and picked out some tile that we think we're going to be using and then had lunch together. Even just like just that. We don't get a chance to do stuff like that. So it was nice to nice to just go out and not have any responsibilities for an afternoon, you know? Nice, nice. You love to see it. You love to see it. Just like, you know, a Tuesday out and stuff like that. Like, right. Just in the middle of the year. And I always said this too, that growing up, like our snow days were fun. But then now that I feel like that's the one good thing to come out of COVID is that your kids, it's like, no, 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 you don't get a snow day. You got to go sit on the laptop. Meanwhile, for adults, it's just, Hey, you know what? Either a day off or in cases of people like me to work from home. So it's, you know what you roll with the luxuries and you take what you can get. Exactly. Um, before we get in, obviously this is the second Patriots episode in a row. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know, last week uh, we had Keeping Up with the Joneses with Alex Barth, 98.5 in Boston. It was a great interview. Go back guy. and listen Love if Barth. you want. Um, but before we get into Patriots talk, I want to ask you quickly, because obviously, look, draft's the time of year we love. Draft is the yep. time of year that no matter the team, we just love to watch and absorb the content. If you were running the Chicago Bears, what would you do right now? I'd trade the first pick. I mean, it's not even a question. The hard, And I understand the hard part is – do you know whether Justin Fields is a good enough passer to be a superstar quarterback? I understand that. But the problem is, is that you are, you've seen enough from him where you can't turn around now and say he's not good enough, right? Maybe CJ Shower would be better. Maybe. I don't know. But like, if you can turn that number one pick into multiple first round picks, which they should be able to do. You can build a better team around Justin Fields. Now, part of the problem is that you traded friggin' number 32 overall for Chase friggin' Claypool, which is a disaster. But, like, you know, at the very least, you have to try to build the team around Justin Fields. And maybe you don't. Listen, maybe Fields can't process at an elite level. Maybe he never becomes a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Like, maybe he doesn't. But the flashes that you saw from him last year, and I know the passing still wasn't 100%, the flashes you saw from last year were elite. They were nothing short of elite. And so you have to be able to buy into that right now and say we're going to at least take a shot, right? And this is our best chance. Okay, could we find someone that's maybe a little bit better? Maybe. But I don't know. Like, C.J. Stroud isn't, you know, he's not Trevor Lawrence coming out of college. Trevor Lawrence was like the generational talent coming out of college. That's not C.J. Stroud. That's not any of these guys. That's not Bryce Young. It's not anyone. So it's like, to me, you trade that number one overall pick to a team that's QB needy. You get probably a top 10 pick still and a a first-round pick next year. And that's how you rebuild your team. 
and you start to rebuild it around Justin Fields and you say, hey, look, man, maybe, right, maybe we're going to have to end up paying Justin Fields before we want to, before our team is great. But if you if you're in the situation where you have to pay him because he's great, then you have a great quarterback. Yeah. You know, and so and then and also you give him this year, put some weapons around him, give him this year and look at it and say, OK, is he actually the guy or not? Right. And I think that that you have to make that similar to what the Patriots are doing. You have to make that decision in the next two years. Now, you don't have to make it this year. Right. Because you have the 50 year option. You can always give him the 50 year option and then play it all the way out and see what happens. Right. You yeah. can always do that. And so you really have two more seasons to kind of make that decision. But. To me, it's. I think you'd be nuts to trade Justin Fields at this point. I'm the same way. I know you hear everyone saying like, "Oh, trade him for Bryce Young," but to be honest, I I have my doubts about Bryce only because of his size, just because he is small. Unless because right. it's not like obviously. Look, there's a Flowers who every Patriot person I've spoken to has a crush on, whether it be mm-hmm. believe you, whether it be Patriots POV McGarvin, whether it be Kyrie Thompson. There's right. a lot of people that in Patriot land that loves a Flowers. Charger fans, fuck off. Um, <laughs> but. With this situation here, I think you've seen enough from Fields to where you know, hey, he is the guy, he's the man. Right. And to your point, I would rather have the situation that Chicago would be in where you're paying a great quarterback as opposed to a New York Jet situation where right. you're this close to being a force and, to quote what Alex said last week, cooking with gasoline. Right. But you don't know what your quarterback's going to be. I would right. rather have the quarterback situation locked down completely and work around it and build your squad. That's what many, many teams have done throughout the years and have been successful at. It's like yeah. you would say if waiting to find the missing piece, you work to what's around you. Right. And I think a team like Indy, I think a team like I want to throw Carolina out there because they're doing a lot of good this offseason yeah. so far. They're Carolina's winning the offseason. And I know that doesn't say much, but at the same time too, you got to look at it from a perspective of you get the right people in the right situations in right. building and you're Matt doing gone. Matt Rule's gone. They're already winning. Exactly. (laughs) You know, my other point, too, is I want to make with this is as well. Say if you draft Justin Fields and if you keep Justin Fields, you trade the pick. It's not like there's another quarterback who is has the size, who has the Heisman, who's going to be number one overall next year. Oh, wait, that's a thing. So worst case scenario, you're going to end up with Caleb Williams and you can trade Justin Fields next year to another quarterback needy team because every year this comes up where it's just QB needy to QB needy. So if I'm Chicago, you know what? Take the haul, move back, get like, say if you trade with the Colts, you can get Will Anderson, you can get a Jalen Carter, or even if you want to go further back, I freaking love Lucas Van Ness in this draft. He's going to be an animal in the NFL. Yeah. And there's a lot of guys. I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys in the first round. I know people saying, oh, there's 14, you know, first round grades or whatever you know i mean whatever people come up with that number at random and whatever but lottery tickets at the end of the day you know right and that's and that's kind of what it is but you know Kyrie thompson who you mentioned was talking today about um about the rookie you know resetting the rookie clock and all this crap and it's just like you know i get it i know i understand it's hard to do patrick mahomes last i checked patrick was getting paid a ton of money a ton of money and they just won the 500 million right and so, like, you know, it's not impossible to do. Now, I'm not saying Justin Fields is Patrick Mahomes, or nor is he ever going to be Patrick Mahomes. But what I'm saying is that if you have a great quarterback, you can figure things out afterwards. I know it's easier to do if you haven't, but you're also not in a situation where you're up in the air and Justin Fields is going into his fifth year. He's going into his third year, yeah. right? And so, like, 
that's and and it's similar. You know, Kyrie obviously was talking about Mac Jones, and and I feel the same way about Mac Jones. Like, why are you giving up on Mac Jones right now? You don't have to. You don't have to. There are no. good quarterbacks coming in the next few years too. If you find out he sucks, then you can just get someone else. But why do it now when you're not sure? It's stupid. Yeah, it's like every it's like that article that came out that was like, oh Mac, oh it said Zap Bailey, but that the two of them aren't far off. I basically have been saying this. I'm pretty sure I said this to you when we spoke a month ago, but literally the Bailey Zappy thing, Zappy was brought in because they realized Jared Stidham's not a backup you can trust. Meanwhile, right. when Matt got hurt, guess who stepped in? Guess who, uh, I don't know, got to start at home. And when you and I, the first time we met yeah. and showed yep. the Detroit Lions, guess who went right. into Cleveland and smoked the Browns? Bailey Zappy. And for anyone coming out there saying, oh, but the Chicago game, look, the Chicago game was an anomaly that was a bad night on every single facet right. of the football. So you can't control those things. Meanwhile, though, going back to the Fields and Jones argument, it's year three. If the Bears were in a giant situation where this was the first year of Matt Eberflus, first year of Ryan Poles, I get trading Justin Fields. But if you do it now and he balls out and you guys go and get Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, you're just pushing your clock back further and further. Right. When in the in their division – we don't know what Green Bay is going to be this year. Mm-hmm. We we think Detroit's going to be there, but I'm I'm kind of cautious to that just because I don't want that like what people have done with the Arizona Cardinals for years where it's stepping off. And that's actually right. another point I want to make with the Cardinals. You know what's funny about the whole Cliff Kingsbury hire? He didn't get a sniff of head coach until Patrick Mahomes broke out. So I feel like a lot of people realized that oh hey, if he's good, like if Cliff's good, Pat, if Patrick's this great. Cliff's is great, right. and we quickly learn that's that's not the case. So there's a reason why yeah. he had Cliff a losing had record in college. Yes. I mean, that's crazy to have a losing record as a head coach in college and get a head coach job in the NFL is wild to me. It, it is, but it's it's Michael Bidwell, which I think a lot of Cardinals fans are realizing now is the problem holding that organization back. But yeah, that's a, that's another story for another day. Um, anyway, moving on to the Patriots. One thing I got to ask: you had a mock draft mm-hmm. and. Look, at the beginning of the offseason, my mind was Patriots, Brian Branch. That's like my, not my draft crush, yeah. Um, but that's my, you know, hey, go get him. Right. But after speaking with Alex last week, I love the, you t- I'm just blanking on who it was, but I know he's from Oklahoma, the offensive lineman. Yeah, Anton Harrison. Yeah. Anton Harris. So if you have an offensive lineman at 14, or if you want to move back to like the 20s, yep. take an offensive lineman. And for the crowd, they're going, oh, but they took Cole Strange last year. They need offensive linemen. They right. need tackles. And also for the Connor McDermott thing, that's a swing tackle money. So Correct. that's locked yep. up. So you know what? I think with either the pick, with either your first round or your second round by 46, I think one of them has to be a tackle. Right. I mean, I'd like to see them double dip on tackle, in my opinion, because then because I like I I thought Connor McDermott did a really nice job last year, but ultimately he's a practice squad guy. I mean, they yeah. took him off the Jets practice squad and he played well last year, but that doesn't mean he's going to continue to play well for the Patriots. He's not a starter. And so to me, I look at it and say, okay, sign Jawan Taylor in the offseason, right? I think jo- Taylor's the guy. If you want to do Mike McGlinchey instead, I guess that's fine too. I prefer Taylor, but it doesn't really matter. Either one of those is fine. And then you need a left tackle because, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, you have to cut Trent Brown. You have to cut Trent Brown. We did this with Isaiah Wynn already. We did this. We picked up Isaiah Wynn's contract for almost the identical money that he's getting paid this year. It's $11 million for Trent Brown. It was 10 and a half for, for a win. And the thought process was, well, if he's halfway decent, that's a great salary for a starting left tackle. 
except he's not reliable. And when he's out there, he's still not that good. And if he's not 100% bought in, it's not great. So now you're going to pay this guy $11 million bucks when you could give that money to someone else. Yeah. Get rid of Trent Brown, get him off the team, start over at, at tackle. So now you sign Jawan Taylor, who's a right tackle. And listen, if at, if you're sitting there at 14, Paris Johnson to me is the guy, right? Paris Johnson is a stud from, from Ohio State. He's the guy for me at 14. I think he's going to go before 14. Yeah. So assuming Paris Johnson's gone, I think it's early. I like Anton Harrison a lot. As he's kind of like my second left tackle on the board. Like, guys, you know, the, the hard thing, like, people talking about Dewan Jones. Dewan Jones is a right tackle, right? So, like, Jawan Taylor is a right tackle. So, if you sign Jawan Taylor, now you got to get a left tackle, right? And so, so to me, that guy, to me, at least, it's Anton Harrison. And so, I like him a lot as, as a, a, you know, the kind of the second left tackle, but 14's early. So, maybe you trade back a few spots, you pick up something else, and, you know, and then you draft him there. Shoot, if you're sitting there at 14 and one of those quarterbacks is sitting around, you can probably get a, a you know a future first round pick to move back a few spots as well, right? And so that's the idea where you can look at this and say, all right, now I got this. Another guy who was on who was on this mock too was Cody March, and I I from North Dakota State. Smile. He's this guy, man. This guy, dude, walked on there as a tight end, put on like a hundred pounds while he was at North Dakota State. Doesn't have his two front teeth. Has like all the hair, like. The guy is just awesome. Like he's just awesome. He's Aesthetically, he's great, and he's and he has the he has the quickness. He's not quite the player that you know that you think maybe he could be because he's only played tackle for what three seasons, right? Yeah. But to me, it's you know, you dra- if you come away with both those guys, you're looking at it saying we got I think a starting caliber left tackle in Harrison and a guy that might develop into a, into a starting level guy in March, and maybe he turns out to be you know, your swing tackle or someone gets hurt because we know injuries happen. So someone gets hurt and he's able to step in and, and fill in. So uh, to me, you have to draft, you have to draft a tackle and you can't be drafting a tackle in the third round and saying, oh, he'll be fine. No, no, you need to have a guy that can step in day one and be your starter from the first day of camp. And uh, and that that to me is is a guy like Anton Harrison. Like I say, Paris Johnson's the number one guy for me, but I think people would be dumb not to take him in the top 15, to be honest with you. But, I, you know, who knows? Mine's Peter Skaronsky, by the way, but I don't even think he makes it out of the top eight, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. The other free agent I had in mind was Andre Dillard from the Philadelphia Eagles. I just think that mm-hmm. he, you work. know, he got pushed out of the starting lineup. He needs a fresh start somewhere. Mike McGlinchey someone I like. And Alex and I talked about this last week where I feel like you're going to see one highlight of him where he gets on his ass. But you know what? That's not a – like, that happens to every offensive right. lineman. Oh, he yeah. Literally – he, can, he comes from a school that breeds the position. He, right. He's a Notre Dame product. He's yeah. a former top 10 pick. So there's that. And then the other thing yeah. I was going to say with, with offensive linemen, it's, oh, yeah, Trent Brown. We're going to go back to Trent Brown. Why? His dead cap, if they cut him this year, is $1.25 million per sport right. track. So you know what? Yes. You do that. You get the one. You get that off the book, and then Trent Brown can probably go sign for a team that will give him a little bit more money than he deserves. Uh, the other option would be to try to lure Deion Dawkins away from Buffalo. Just that's a name that came to my mind, but there's no way in hell that's happening. Yeah, um, but a man can dream. Man can dream. That also yes. is a little bit of a teaser for what I have to do on Thursday with another good friend of yours that might be a Bills fan. That we'll we'll save okay. that for we'll save All that right. for later. Um, with the team though, even there's. How do I say this with the Patriots? There's no room to freak out. I know everyone's, even there's that article that came out today about, you know, coaches were told not to be tough on Mac and all that other stuff. But Please. I'm just like, 
I just think last year, like the fact that he showed emotion and he got so upset, I kind of like that. You want that fire from your quarterback. Do you want him just to be like, hey, we're going to run another screen pass? Okay. No, you want someone who's going to fire back and be pissed off. But you know what? It's crazy how a year can change. I totally forgot about last year's combine talk when it was, hey, uh, what's going on with the Patriots to now they're back because the big thing too, besides the hire of Bill O'Brien is Adrian Clem, which we mm-hmm. can't excuse that. Now we have a proper offensive line coach, yep. proper OC and proper QB coach. And the fact that Covington isn't going anywhere. So this Patriots team is, I'm not saying set up for success, but I have a lot more optimism going into not only the off season, not only the draft, mm-hmm. but looking ahead to six and a half months from now when we're playing football again. Right. I mean, and you should the Patriots won eight games last year. You got the debacle in Vegas. You got the fumble in the red zone against Cincy. You got um, the against Green Bay, right? You got the right the the, the Green Bay game, hundred percent. That's overtime, right? You could have had that. You got the the two kick returns for touchdowns against the against the Bills. If you win two of those games, you finish ten and seven and make the playoffs. Yep. If you win three out of four of those games, you finish eleven and six, and you're a good team, right? And so like, <laughs> and so you were that close. And this is with you know, Matty P is your offensive coordinator. And, and look, it, the whole thing about Mac Jones, I, look, I get he was like stand, you know, showboating and not showboating, but like, you know, showing up coaching and stuff. But it's like, dude, it was a disaster. Everyone knew it was a disaster. Everyone watching knew it was a disaster. Everyone that was there knew it was a disaster. He's the leader of the team. And so when he expresses and shows his frustration, he's showing it not just for him, for the rest of the team. Right. And, and, People can get upset about that if they want, but it's like, dude, you know, maybe the team needed that. Maybe that's what they wanted. I don't know, you know, but it's just, to me, it's, I just think personally, when I'm watching somebody like Mac go that hard, you know, he cares, you know, he loves it. You know, he's there for it. To me, it's, you know, I I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. It's, It's a good thing. It's something that you want. You want that fire. You want that passion. You want that inner drive to compete. And the other thing I'll say, too, about everyone saying, oh, but I don't max a guy. No Bull is a huge sponsor of this week's combine. Guess who the face of No Bull is? Right. Right. And their very expensive line of uh, yeah. workout clothes that I've yeah. tr- looked at the buying. But like I said, it's a lot. Extremely expensive. Of money. Yeah. Extremely expensive. Um, and then also, more than anything with Mac, this was bound to happen, I feel like, but how many kick return touchdowns is Slade Bolden going to run for this year as a New England Patriot? I know some people are kind of bullish on him, but as well, soon as I saw that report, excuse from Mike, me, zero because Marcus Jones is the kick returner. Okay. Mm, yes, you're Marcus Jones, who <laughs> Mr. Sign Jersey over here, yeah, sir. Oh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that though because I feel like with Slade, as soon as he declared, I'm just like it's going to happen eventually. He's going to be yeah. a Patriot. It's just he's he's made for the role. He has a Danny Amendola quality to him where he's not as like. He's not going to be like what Julian Edelman was, but he has right. that Amendola, like, you know, get him a third down. If you can sign him for nothing and make him the slot guy, because let's be honest, I'd rather see him in the slot than Taekwon. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I only say that just because of the burner aspect. Taekwon's not a not a slot guy. Yeah, but with like with the Slay Boulder thing, I just wanted to throw that out there where it's just like... I love it. I love it. Happen. Bring him in. Bring, I mean, you know, what? what's the worst thing that happens? He got cut last year, right? Yeah. He, what didn't play. What's the worst thing that happens? You, you bring him in, you pay him nothing. And he sucks. Okay, so what? It doesn't matter, right? But you're not, you're not bringing him in with the thought that oh, he's going to be our slot receiver. You're bringing him in with the thought of, hey, he might be able to help us at slot. Great. And if he doesn't, then he doesn't. That's fine. But we're not putting all our eggs in that basket. But like, hey, we need a quick guy over the middle 
Slade was that guy for Mac in college. He could, you know, we could rekindle a little bit, a little bit Runs of magic the, the Patriots too. had last year. You know what I mean? And off the field, you're right. You're right. They were they were roommates, right? So, which go, which goes a long way in all with all things considered with this, uh, not just the team but everything else in general. Um, one Patriot question I had for you though is obviously we got more getting Matthew Slater back for another season. Yep. Where do you think Devin McCourty stands right now? If you have to guess, <sighs> man, it's a good question. It's a great question. Uh I really want him to be back. I just don't know if he's going to be. I don't know if it's hearts in it. Um, but I think I think it would be a great thing. Um, obviously for the Patriots and, and for the team, he's still a good player too. He's not quite the player he was a few years ago, but he's still a good player. Um, and I also think so, like in my and I'll keep referencing my mock draft because I because I really like this one. Keely Ringo, I had from Georgia making the shift God. from corner to safety, just like Devin did. There's some questions about whether Ring- Ringo has speed. There's no question about that. But there's some question about whether he's twitchy enough to stick with wide receivers alone on an island at corner. That's exactly what Devin had, right? Devin's got a ton of speed, but they were worried about him one-on-one, man-to-man at, at outside cornerback. And, you know, I mean, obviously it didn't show up his rookie year, but it showed up It showed up his second year when he was a terrible corner and they, and they transitioned him to safety. If they draft Ringo in the second or third round and he ends up making that transition and taking that role from Devin, having McCourty there to help him and mentor him through that would be invaluable, right? And so, you know, I mean, look, he has a job lined up, right? He's already been working for NFL Network. Like, clearly, he can do whatever he wants. With his brother. With his brother, right? He obviously he obviously wants to play because he hasn't made a decision yet. If his heart wasn't in it, he'd be like, no, nah, I'm done. It's still there, but the question is, is it strong enough for him to say, I'm playing one more season? And I, I don't know. I hope he does, but... I'd say like 60-40 at this point. I think 60% chance comes back, 40% chance he doesn't. Just because I think he's like, I think he's, he wants to, but he's like, man, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I can. I have this job lined up. You know, love seeing my kids more, love seeing my wife more. Like that might be, you know, that might be the time that I spend, but he may come back for one more try. You know, you never know. I think, ah, oh, man, I'd love it. But I just, yeah, I'd say 60% he comes back. I'm the same. I think if by the end of next week we don't hear anything, because usually that's like the mid, like the middle of March. You don't usually see a lot of guys retire after that. So I think if by let's call it March, what day will that be? March twelfth. March twelfth. I think if by March twelfth you don't hear anything, Mm -hmm. I think the chances keep creeping up and up. I like your sixty. I'm going to raise you though the sixty five percent that he uh, that he comes back. So that, that, that's just me, though. Like I said, I think it's great from the leadership's perspective. Oh, but you know what? Yeah. Comes back, signs a very cheap deal. It's like Matthew Slater's deal. I can't get the numbers off the top of my head. I saw them from it's Miguel, though, where yeah. it was like it was nothing. It was team beneficial. Yeah. Um, Two picks, actually late-round picks in your draft that I love. Mm-hmm. Schoonmaker, for obvious reasons. Oh, yeah. Big, big, burly tight end. And also, too, for everyone saying, oh, but there's one next year. Patriots aren't going to be in the Brock Bowers conversation, nor I mean, should they on, be. Let's get serious. That's going to be a top-10 pick next year. Or even someone like Michael Mayer or Kincaid this year, I just don't think they should spend the high draft capital on a position of want. Whenever you do that, it usually backfires. Ask the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
So I love Dorian and also love DTR, Tom, uh, Thompson Robertson, yeah, uh, Robinson, yeah. just because like not only was he a Shrine Bowl workout, but I love your point about being a scout team quarterback because right. when you look at the Patriots schedule for next year, they got to play some guys who can move. You're going to mm-hmm. be playing Mahomes. You're going to be playing Wilson. You're going to be playing Herbert. You're going to be playing probably one of these young kids in Indianapolis, which I still expect the Patriots to win because we all know what Belichick does as rookie quarterbacks. Right. And I don't throw Herbert's name in that conversation because um, Bill Belichick kind of has had his way with him. Yeah. Twice. twice. Yep. Um, so from that, and also too, they're going to be facing Dak Prescott. You'll be facing Jalen Hurts next year. So you right. know what? Draft DTR. Get him in there for scout team. So when you have to go up against these mobile quarterbacks, you're ready. You're prepared. It's, you know what? Hey, he's a third string guy. Because <clears throat> I'm, I'm pretty sure Brian Hoyer is probably going to retire if I had to guess. He would think so, yeah. Yeah. Or he signs for super cheap, to which last year I said that was a great deal for the Patriots. But people kind of laughed at me and been like, he's a backup. And I'm like, you need a good backup. It's like, right. it's like in hockey. You want a good backup yeah. goalie. You want someone you can rely upon and trust. Hence, my Bailey Zappi fandom. This is just a team that excites me right now. I can't say anything else. It's just like, oh, it feels so good yeah. between that, between and I asked this last week. I'm going to ask this again. How do you think the stadium's coming along? What do you think of it so far? I think, I mean, they're almost not that they're almost done, but they are building the uh, the lighthouse right now. It's it's going to look. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be a whole new stadium. I'm very excited about it. that's my end zone. So I'm like super excited about what it's going to look like and and how you know everything's going to look when it when we get in there. It's going to be great. I'm very excited about it. But um, to your DTR point, I, I just think that you know people are like oh he can't even throw the ball and he's and it's like dude you don't need him to beat. But I will say right and Barth was one of the guys right and Barth was R and everyone that was there at the Shrine Bowl was like he's got a little more zip than, than, than we thought, right? He, he can sling it a little bit and he's not like the best QB ever. I know that, right? He's like Bryce Young size. Okay, yeah. fine. Like he's not, but Bryce Young's going to be a top 10 pick. So like he's not Bryce Young. Don't get me wrong. But like, you know, just because he's small doesn't necessarily mean he can't play. And again, if you're taking him in the sixth or seventh round, it doesn't really matter. You're literally like, when you talk, when you get to the the you know the mid seventh, mid to late seventh round, and even sometimes late sixth round, you're taking guys that are UDFA's. Yeah, that you know you like more, so you don't want to see that guy get picked up by someone else, right? You like him enough that you don't want to deal with signing him. You're just going to draft him, so then that way you have rights to him. You know, you don't think about that guy walk away. So you can't get them right, and so that's why you don't see that those seventh round pick gets, picks get traded a lot because it's like we have a priority free agent that we want, and so we're going to use this pick on that guy. Yeah, he's probably a UDFA, but now we don't have to we don't have to compete with anyone else because we have him, you know. And so, and he's probably that type of guy. Maybe he'll be a UDFA. I don't know, but it's just a situation where I just think they don't have anybody that looks or moves like him. They don't have anyone like that. They haven't had anyone like that on their team since like Michael Bishop. I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you the last time they had a super mobile quarterback. Right. And the league is like half of the quarterbacks in the league look like that. Right. And so to me, if you can get a guy that can move like that, you know, and they've had some guys here and there that have, that have helped out scout teams and whatnot. But like a lot of times a, a, a wide receiver will switch to a quarterback or something like that. Right. If you can get a guy that's smart, I think that's one of the things with DTR is that he's a smart kid. Like, he's smart. He picks up things quickly. And I think they saw that at the Shrine Bowl. And so you can look at that and say, we know if we put him out there that he's going to, number one, give us a look. And number two, like, 
there's a chance. There's not a great chance, but there's a chance that he could turn into like at least a reliable backup. And even if he's just that, that could be something that, you know, is valuable to you, number one, or valuable to someone else, number two, right? If someone thinks Zappy is is a, a starting caliber QB, which I don't believe he is, but if someone thinks he is and they're willing to give up something for him, well, now you have a competent, you know, a semi-competent quarterback behind him that does different things than what Mac Jones does. And so, you know, to me, it it just, it makes a lot of sense. And so I just think, I think a a pick like that, or again, you sign him at UDFA, whatever the case may be, but I just think, uh, you know, a late round pick to me, you take, you get a guy in that doesn't look like anything the Patriots do. And by the way, two mock drafts, two quarterbacks. I just think, I think the Patriots are taking a quarterback in this draft or at the very least signing a UDFA. They have to, they have to keep doing that. And keep taking shots because why not? Because again, we talked about Mac Jones, and I still believe in Mac. I still think he's the guy. But if you have any doubt whatsoever, if you're the Patriots, just keep taking quarterbacks. Who cares? Like what difference? You take a fourth round, fourth, fifth round pick on a quarterback. Who? What difference does it make? We, it doesn't matter. Like oh, we didn't get a guy like Kevin Harris because we took a quarterback instead. So what? You know, like it doesn't, it doesn't change anything. So to me, you know, it it's. It's a matter of keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get it. And also, I want to ask you: Did you put Jada Kiss Bond Bonds because of his talent or because of his name? I just got to ask that right now because there's always guys with names and stuff like that. So I just had to throw that one out there. I mean, it's a little bit of both, but I mean, <laughs> you know, like that name is a dope name. Come on, dude, Jada Kiss. Like, come on. You know, anyone that was a fan of the Locks back in the day, like, you know. So, but no, but I, you know. A little bit, a little bit more of the of the talent and what could be, but it's a fun ass name to say. Hundred percent, it is. <laughs> um, your point too about the sixth and seventh round picks, I love. So it's because it's not, you know, hey, afterwards you got to go and sign the UDFA's. That's where I view guys this year when it comes to linemen as potential chances from last year's draft, which was Stuber and Hines. Yep. So we'll see yep. what happens there, but I'm not banking on anything with those guys when it comes to starting potential. Um, and also, I feel like if the Patriots even were to say take DTR sixth, seventh round, I don't think people should overreact to where it's, oh, my God, because obviously Brock Purdy is an anomaly. So just right. because they're taking like doesn't mean anything. Like last year, too, the 49ers traded all that draft capital to get Trey Lance. They went out and drafted Brock Purdy. Why? Just because right. you're looking out for what your best interests are. Right. But at the same time, too, you have to know with this quarterback position. You always want to be preparing for what's next, and you always kind of want to keep an open mind on it. Unless you obviously have the – I think there's maybe three guys in the NFL right now where you leave that door – you don't open that door. Yeah, but to me, it's always a good investment. If you're drafting a quarterback and, you know, say it's the sixth, seventh round, it's always a good investment. Because to me, you know, I just – it's like even if that guy shows anything – Someone might be willing to give you something for that guy, even if he sucks, even if he's never going to play for you. If you're the Chiefs and you're in the sixth round, sixth, seventh round, and you're like, screw it. Like, we'll take a, you know, we'll take a shot on a guy if we think he can play. And then he's never going to play for us. But if he shows something in the preseason, then all of a sudden they're like, hey, this guy's pretty good. We'll give the Chiefs a third round pick for him or fourth (laughs) round pick for him. And all of a sudden you've recouped, you know, what you spent on the guy. So, to me, it's you know, it's always a good investment to take a quarterback. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things. Just like you know what, hey, it's not it's not a high risk spot with quarterback because right. it's not 
Anthony Richardson, for example. It's Correct. not it's it's not that. Right. Um, before we get into the combine as a whole in itself, the running back room this year. Yes. You have Ramondre Stevenson, you have Kevin Harris, you have Pierre Strong, JJ Taylor. I'm not putting any stock into that because he's just yeah. a practice squad guy. Yeah. Maybe gets in there once or twice. My big question for you is do you do Damian Harris? Do you do free agent like a Leonard Fournette? Or do you go the draft rabbit hole again? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. You know, it really just depends on what they want. It also depends on what they see in Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong. Do you think that those guys can be reliable players for you? Not superstars, but can they be reliable players for you moving forward? I think you saw enough from those two guys to think that you can at least get something from them. Now, I don't think that's it, but I do think that, you know, I feel I feel a certain level of confidence with both of those guys. I do think um I do think that if Damian Harris is willing to come back at a reasonable price, then sure, I'll take him back. I don't think he's going to cuz I think someone out there is going to pay him. Um Vegas. But, you know, yeah, it certainly could be Vegas, right? But, you know, anyone that that has some money left over and is looking for a number one running back, which Vegas could certainly be doing if they let Josh Josh Jacobs go. Um, they don't have to give him a ton of money. He's gonna he's gonna require a lot less money than Josh Jacobs is going to require. But you know, when you get to a certain point, the Patriots are gonna say, Well, why are we paying this guy? It doesn't make any sense, you know. So um to me, I think Harris probably moves on. And then, you know. Do you take a guy? I wouldn't be opposed to them taking a guy again in the fourth round, in the fifth round, somewhere. Like, sure, take a shot at a guy. You know, I like Tajay Sharp, and, and I know people have kind of him circled because of the receiving skills out of the backfield. But I think he's going to be a little too early for for what the Patriots want. He's probably going to be a second round pick, maybe a third round pick, maybe. I, I just don't think you you spend a second round pick on a, on a running back. I think that'd be silly to do, uh, especially when you have Ramondre. So. Yeah, if you want to take a guy in the fourth, fifth round that you think can, you know, can be a good player that people aren't really paying attention to, sure, I'm all for that. Um, but to me, you double dip last year. I think you got two guys that give you very different things, but have shown that they can play enough. And of course, you have Ramondre. So to me, it's like, yeah, sure, you know. And we have Ty Montgomery too, who like, you know, we'll see what happens with him. Um, but yeah, I, I just to me. I'm not I'm not investing any serious capital into that position. I think they'll probably bring another guy in. It could be Fournette. Um, but I think they'll probably bring at least another guy in in one one shape or, or another. But again, I'm not investing any serious capital draft or or money wise into that position. Oh, I, I don't think like when I say running back draft, I'm not talking yeah. in the first no, not not in the first couple of rounds. No, that's a, it's a Saturday pick. And there's a guy that's probably going to go on Saturday that I really have circled on as a potential. That's Mohamed Ibrahim out of mm-hmm. uh, Minnesota. Because okay. he does have the talent and the ability. Um, also, someone Kyrie got me on. So you can go that route if you want. But right. if Harris comes back at a reasonable price tag, I'm fine with it. I always thought he's going to be gone. But I view Harris in that Kobe spotlight where it's like, hey, I would love to keep him. But I know someone out there is probably going to offer him a lot more money than the Patriots are willing to spend. Right. So it's that, let's call it the Jamie Collins way, where, you know, you leave New England and maybe you go somewhere and you're not worth it. Or, you know what, you have a Christian Kirk-esque season. So it's it's a big big wait and see. It's a big time will tell. But 
I'm doing this always. I love to do like those shifting gears, and we're going to continue doing it tonight. Don't know if you saw today at the Combine, but Duke Tobin, Cincinnati's GM, came out and said, yep. we're not trading him. There yeah. were, there's no way. Go out and draft and find your own. But I'm just here to say, look, if the price comes, if the right price comes along, or if your cheap owner, which is not a secret to anyone, yep. doesn't want to pay him because you have two players who are going to get the Brinks truck backed up for you, it, it could happen. Because uh, that's a guy in New England I started circling. Why? Look at AJ Brown with, ten- with Tennessee. Now, obviously, Tennessee's in a much different position than Cincinnati, but when you realistically look at it, how much is T. Higgins worth in comparison to a Jamar Chase to Joe Burrow? And here's the other fun one with this as well. 18 and purple and gold is due a new contract this year, and that's going to be a record setter for the NFL oh, yeah. receiver market. Plus yeah. 88 in Dallas as well. So this year you're going to see the receiver market really get reset with these extensions. So it's just it's something to consider if you're a Patriots fan. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Would I love to see it happen? Yes. And at the end of the day, will I be happy when there is a short kid with braids getting traded from Denver who may have gone to Alabama who grew up in the Fort Lauderdale area in New England? Let's we'll wait and see. Don't even, don't even. I'd be so happy if Jerry Judy came here. But uh, you know, I, I think Daily if you're the, four. what do you say? I was gonna say because he wears ten in Denver, ten is taken, but he wore four at Bama, so Bailey would have to shift yeah. numbers. Come on, Zabby will do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, to me, so here's the hard thing: if I'm the Bengals, I'm not trading T Higgins for anything. I'm no. not doing it because. You have, and, and I love Joe Burrow came out and said, you know, the window is my career. It's it's so dope. But realistically, I mean, let's be serious, right? Like, your window isn't forever. No. You may not be able to pay T. Higgins. That's certainly, uh, that's definitely a possibility that you might not be able to pay T. Higgins, okay? But unless I'm getting some serious capital back, I'm not giving him up. Now, if the Patriots are going to trade number 14 overall for T. Higgins, they'd probably do that. Yeah. Patriots would be stupid to do that. But, like... I'm sure the Bengals would say, yeah, okay, we'll do that. Now we got two first-round picks. We can draft a guy at 14 that that is is going to help our offense the way T. Higgins helps our offense. But, you know, I, I just think for me, if I am Cincinnati, I don't, I don't move him. Unless I'm getting a ton back, it doesn't make sense to move him. Um, and I think that that's kind of what they're saying. Now, do you lose him next offseason? It's certainly possible that you do. But you give yourself a chance to win a Super Bowl again this year, right? And let's be honest, the best bet you have to do that is with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase playing side by side. And so, you know, it'd be silly to kind of move one of those guys. Now, again, Denver's in a very different position. Do they want to pay Jerry Judy? You know, I don't know. Right. Sean Payton's walking in there with, a, you know, trying to kind of reset things. And and Judy might be a great teammate. And I think he is from from all accounts. He's not a bad teammate in any in any sense of the, uh, of the word. But. You're going to be coming up to it now, right? You got to make a decision on his fifth year option this this summer, and so you know that's coming up. You got to decide that. I think you make the decision on his fifth year option, and then you trade him after that. Because to me, you know, make that decision. Great, done, decided on that. Now we can move him on. You get two years of him, so you can get more for him if you if you get if you have two years of him. So. To me, that's kind of where where I sit with that whole situation. I think it makes a lot more sense for Denver to move Jerry Judy than it does for Cincinnati to move T. Higgins. But again, the right listen, if you're willing to pay, you can get everyone is available ultimately. Everyone's got right? a price. And so, but you know, the price 
for some guys is higher than the price for other guys. And I just think T Higgins price might be a little too rich for, for anybody to spend on him because right now you don't know, is he a number one receiver? Maybe, but like, you don't know if he is or not. The only way I look at a team doing it is if it's a team like in this Philadelphia position from last year, where, you know what, it's like that missing puzzle piece. Like, yeah. Say if the Patriots were to get T. Higgins, I don't think it's them going to the Super Bowl all of a sudden, like the Philadelphia right. Eagles did this last year, right. or the Matt Stafford effect. Yep. Um, as much as I'd love to talk to you about the tight end position, I'm pretty sure we chatted about this before. Yeah. If you're the Patriots and Jalen Ramsey gets cut, do you consider it or do you not? 1,000%. Okay. 1,000%. If I'm the Patriots, I'm calling right now. I'm trying not to have him get cut because, frankly, I know it's a lot of money. You have the cap space, right? And, and – and this could be a Joe Tooney type deal from last year where Joe Tooney gets dealt for what a fifth round pick like that's nothing or maybe even a sixth round, but like it doesn't matter. You're the Rams. You're, you have to cut him. You're going to cut him. And so like, if you don't cut him, someone, you know, someone's going to give you something. So would you rather send him to the Patriots and get a fifth round pick back? Or would you rather cut him? Like, hello, of course you're going to send him to the Patriots. And so yeah. the Patriots have the cap space to do it. And again, if you cut Trent Brown, if you cut Trent Brown, that's what I mean. So you cut Trent Brown, you're losing what? $9 million of cap space to take on his, take on his contract this year. It's yeah. an absolute no brainer for the Patriots to make that move. And again, you're better when you have a number one lockdown corner. And that's what Ramsey is. And, and, People can say whatever they want about, oh, he's dropped off and he's this and he's that. If the Rams are willing to move on from him this year, he is a guy, he's a shit talker. He is a guy that takes a lot of pride in what he does. If the Rams are willing to move on from him this year, you don't think he's going to take that personal and come out and try to be the defensive player of the year this year? Like 100%, you're going to get a guy that's 1,000% bought in. Yep. And now all of a sudden you get him, you get him for a pick that, you know, is a little bit lower than what you normally would have, what he obviously would have been available for before. And you're taking advantage of, of the Rams who are, you know, $30 million over the cap or something stupid like that. Right. So to me, it, it's, it's a no brainer for me. I hope the Patriots are, are making that call right now. The only question is, you know, he's kind of a guy who's got a little bit of an attitude. He's kind of a douche sometimes. Like, do they not want to deal with that? I don't know, right? That could be the only snag where they just say, yeah, we don't really want to deal with this guy. But he's just an elite talent, man. And you got rid of both of your number one corners for nothing, right? You drafted a guy in Jack Jones, who I think can be a very good corner, but then he got suspended at the end of the year. So, like, that's not a good sign. He already had off-field troubles in, in, in college. So, like, I'm a little concerned about Jack Jones. I, you know, I think rightfully so. You don't really have another number one corner. I think Jonathan Jones probably walks this year because he's going to get paid more than he's worth, and that's fine, but just not here. Um, and so, if you can shore up your number one corner position, if you can bring in Jack, if you can bring in Jalen Ramsey and be like, "Yep, that's my guy right there," all of a sudden now you have a you know a legit number one corner, and now Jack Jones is your cornerback too. Now you go out and you sign and you draft someone else. Now that's your cornerback three or your cornerback four because Marcus Jones steps in or whatever the case may be, right? So to me, it's just, yeah, you, you, you 1000% go get that guy. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Jalen Mills a corner as well? So you kind of have him as that. He is, in fact. You, you are have, correct. You have him in that rotation as well. Yep. And then you have Adrian Phillips still on a team friendly deal at safety, potentially right. Devin McCourty returning into safety. So right. 
You also have Jabril Peppers. So it's like the def- the defense is not my concern with this team. It's just like, sure, the corner position and the offensive line, get a receiver, you're good. Because here's the other thing, too, when it comes to that defensive backfield. There's a guy back there who's going to get paid. Yep. 23 is going to get his pay very, he very soon. It. He deserves it. My other question is, and I know he's got two years left on his deal, but do you look at doing an extension to Matthew Judon now, or do you wait until next offseason? So it's a good question. I, I think just the question becomes, what does his salary cap look like this year? And do you need to make room this year? Or would you rather make room next year? I think then that's really the question, right? Is that, hey, look, he's getting paid a bunch this year. He's got, he's fine with his contract. He's probably outplayed his contract by this point anyways. Yeah. But still, he's getting paid a decent amount. It's not like he's getting chump change. So, like, you don't have to restructure the deal this year. But you could look at it and say, you know what? We can free up some space this year and make – xyz move this year right we can extend him two years or you can look at it let's say next year we're going to send him two years next year instead and then that's what we'll save the cap money that we that we need so just all depends on i think it just depends on the cap and what you're looking at there and and you know if you decide to sign duggar to an extension this year all right maybe you maybe you decide to sign him to the extension this year and some of that cap hit kind of comes on this year because you signed him to an extension and so you know, you need to free up some cap space. So you, you extend Matthew Judon too, and, and, you know, and lessen his cap load this year. So it's just a question of, of, of to me, when you want to clear cap space. Yeah. I, I, I just felt like asking just cause it's like, obviously one of those like looming yeah. questions. And he's a guy that I don't think any Patriot fan wants to lose Baltimore fans for some reason. were gleeful to get rid of him. I, I don't want the entertainment conversation to get rid of Matthew Judon. No, nope. So with tight end, it's the big question. Obviously, look, highest paid tight ends in like the last five years, least yep. amount of production. Right. What 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 do we do? What do we do? Because like I'm in the boat of I think I think 85, 81, excuse me, is the logical option, but I wouldn't be shocked if 85 is gone from the Patriots. I know I'm saying numbers, but when I look at Hunter and when yeah. I look at John U, I just think that the Hunter fit, we were glad to get him at first, but I think if you move on, I think one you move on from and one you restructure. That's what I think happens. I uh, can't. I can't hear you. Let me just. We lost Pat for a second, folks. So I'm going to banter. I'm going to vamp. Oh, I think we got him back. I can hear you again. I got back. Am I back? You are back. You are right, back. Good. I didn't have to vamp for too long. All but right. That's just my. That's my logic. Where it's like. I think one one you keep when restructure one gets cut. I think a, keeping John New keeping John New and cutting Hunter makes more sense just right. from logistical and financial standpoints. Mm-hmm. But I think that everyone's thinking that you know what you keep Hunter Henry, but then you let John New Smith go. So here's the problem: it doesn't make sense to let John New Smith go because yes. you got to pay him anyways, and so it's like now you're paying him to not be on your team, and like. I haven't liked what I've seen from John o. Smith either, but like maybe Bill O'Brien can get something out of him. Maybe he can scheme something up where he all of a sudden he can look back. I don't know. I mean, just to me, it's like, if you're going to pay the guy anyways, which they are, you might as well be on the team. And so to me, John who stays. And I think, look, I get, you can save money by cutting Hunter Henry. And I get that people aren't happy with Hunter. I, I understand that. I, I don't blame people for feeling that way. 
who's going to play tight end? Who who do you want to play tight end? Right? Are you going to draft Dalton Kincaid at fourteen? Or you know, is he gonna is he gonna last to forty six? I don't know if he's going to right. And so, like, are you gonna draft Dalton Kincaid in the first round? Are you gonna draft you know Michael Mayer in the first? I mean, come on, dude! Like, no shot. I'm drafting Mayer. Like, no way am I drafting that guy. He's a you know. So to me, you just I, I get you can save some money, but again, if you cut Trent Brown, you save the same amount of money, and you get a player yeah. that. You is not. The, I, I don't want to say he's easily easily replaceable, but the way Trent Brown played last year, that level of production is pretty easily replaceable, right? And I know the level of production from Hunter Henry sucked last year too, but you got really good production from the year before, right? And so to me, I look at it and think, man, Mac loved throwing to Hunter Henry. He was a good target for Mac. He's a good player. He does everything you ask of him. He never complains. He never bitches about stuff. He's been fairly healthy since he's been here. That was the big bugaboo with him is that he couldn't stay healthy. He's been pretty healthy since he's gotten here. So, like, I just don't think it makes sense to get rid of him. I I don't – and I understand. I, I get it. I know why people feel that way. But it's like if you get rid of him, who are you going to get to play tight end for you? You know, there, there's not any great free agents out there. And so it's like, you know – Hunter stays in my eyes because like you need someone to play that position. And for Mac Jones, if you really want him to take that step and you talk about Bill O'Brien, what's important in Bill O'Brien's offenses, what was always important here in new England, Bill O'Brien was the offensive coordinator was the slot guy, the running back out of the backfield and the tight end. Now, of course, like he had Gronk for part of the time when he was here. So of course, like that Hernandez, you know, right, right. And so like, can you catch, can you get 65% of what Gronk and Hernandez were in 2011? 65. Can you get 50% of what those two guys were in 2011? Right? Can you get what Gronk and Hernandez were in 2010? Well, Gronk, by the way, had, two t- had 10 touchdowns his rookie year. But nevertheless, can you get what those guys had in production in 2010? And Brady won the MVP, right? And so, like, to me, it just it doesn't make sense to get rid of those guys. And again, that's why that's why you take a guy like Shoemaker. I think it's great to take him late because he is that kind of big bruising tight end who can run some routes, but he's not going to threaten anyone vertically or anything like that. No. But he's like, you know, he's he's a decent player who can be a really good blocker for you. And now all of a sudden you can put a guy out there that you can really trust blocking as, you know, as a tight end. But like Dalton Kincaid's not blocking for you. Like, I'm sorry. He's just, he's nice, small, you know, and yeah. it's, oh, he's George Kittle. I'm like, that's fine. George Kittle's a unicorn. Like, come on. Like, nobody saw George Kittle being what George Kittle is. That's why he was drafted in the fifth round and not the first round. You know, so like, to me, it's just, I, I don't, I don't see it. It doesn't make sense to me to cut Hunter Henry. I know people are talking about him, people are saying it. I just, I just feel like it doesn't make sense because again, you save the money, but, it's like if you really want to know how good Mac is, you're just not going to give him. A, you're going to give him another year without a tight end. It's like we did that in 2020 with with Cam, and like yeah. it was a disaster. It was such a disaster. You went out and signed two tight ends. So you're going to do the same thing again this year. It's like what the hell are we doing that for? It's stupid. I just wanted to ask, just because obviously it's a hot button topic within Patriot Land. No, I yeah. And I'm going to take you back into a time machine before, even before you and I knew each other, to a tweet from Schefter that says. Panthers uh, re-signed Greg Olson, or the, Greg, Greg Olson signed with the Panthers. Yeah, I don't know if you can read this, but right there, 
that says, meh, we'll wait for Hunter Henry. That was February 18th, 2020. That was for me. <laughs> and it. then I was always on the Hunter Henry train on October 3rd at 921. That's why we got Hunter Henry. That was the Buccaneer game. Yep. Are you kidding me, Hunter Henry, on October 17th, 2021? <laughs> um, to me to Cynthia Freeland on March 11th, 2021. Love where you have Hunter Henry going. And the one that I used so much throughout the last season, good things happen when you throw Hunter Henry the ball. So for as much of a down 2022 he had, we know what he's capable of. I would love to see him on the team in 2023. And here's the other thing, too. There is one tight end I could see them drafting because I can see him maybe lasting till 46. And this is a big maybe or maybe even falling into the mid-30s. That's Darnell Washington from Georgia. I think that's the only logical pick that makes sense. Kincaid and Mayer have the talent. But here's the thing. Travis Kelsey was not a talent until 20 like maybe 2016 or 2017 and that was four or five years into his NFL career Gronk is a unicorn Kyle Pitts is not we haven't seen Kyle Pitts look coming out of college he was this generational great talent even guys like George Kittle fifth round pick Mark Andrews I think he's a second or third round pick right tight ends take time to blossom you need to let them marinate I've said this metaphor on the podcast it's like cooking a steak. You don't just throw it on the grill raw and expect it to taste great. You right. got to let it soak. You got to let it marinate. You got to let the juices and the spices cook into the meat. The tight end position is a very similar thing Yeah, to where, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. Even guys like, I don't think Shannon Sharp was not a high draft pick. Um, no. Guys like Tony Gonzalez weren't. I'll give you another example, too, of a tight end the Patriots used to have that if one of John or Hunter can be even to what this guy is, I'll be happy. And that's Martellus Bennett. Yeah. And I wow. was very happy to get the Patriots to get yeah, Marty Keaton's really good. They can get the, the leader of the imagination agency. Yeah. It, it, listen, even Ben Watson. Just get him to Ben yeah. Watson level, right? Like, they don't have to be special players. They don't Coates. have to be, like, amazing. Well, Ben Coates. I mean, no one's going to be Ben Coates again. But, <laughs> but like, man. got to throw the name out there. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You young heads mm-hmm. out there. If you, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying you, Griff, but you young heads out there that haven't seen it, go, go to YouTube and just type in Ben Coates and just watch some of his highlights. He is like Gronk before Gronk. What an absolute animal he was. He was incredible. So, um, Ben Coates was a ton of fun, and so he's a guy that that was great. But I, I just think, look, if you can, if you can get enough, you just don't have to get a ton of production. You just have to get enough production. You have to get enough production that. It, that seam over the middle is going to be open. By the way, that seam was open every time they threw it this year. They just didn't throw it at all this year. And so it's like, that's the play. Like, that is the Patriots play, right? Play action fake. Everyone does some seam down the middle. Bam, it's wide open. Like, it, you just, that's the play. And they didn't run it last year. They ran it like three times last year, and it was open every time. And Hunter Henry made a catch on it. And then sometimes you make a play. Sometimes you break a tackle. Sometimes you get tackled. Fine. But, like, to me, it just... You know, let give Hunter Henry another year. There's no reason to get rid of him. You're not saving that much money. And again, fine, you save ten million bucks. Okay, now what? Now what? We're worried about Mac Jones's development and worried about trying to figure out whether he's a great player or not. Would you take a tight end away and then do what? John Lee Smith's going to be your tight end one? Like what the hell are we doing? It's stupid. You have too many positions of need to be drafting a tight end. In the fr- and honestly, at 46 is too early for me, too. You have too many needs to be looking at tight end at 14 or 46. It just it doesn't make yeah. sense. So, like, to me, 
keep Hunter Henry, and then you can spend your draft capital elsewhere. Now, if someone else comes available in the trade market and you want to be able to, you want to explore some, fine. Like, I, fine. I don't think anyone's going to, but no. if, if there's someone that you like that becomes available that you're like, hey, we can go after that guy, fine. But like, you know, maybe, maybe Cole Komet is a guy. Maybe they say, hey, you know, uh, uh, Chicago looks at it and says, what, Komet's going into the last year of his contract, isn't he? Like, maybe, you know, we think Cole Komet's fine, but he's not really the future of this team at at tight end. And we were dumb and traded, you know, our second round draft pick for, for, uh, you know, Chase Claypool. Will you send us your fourth round, one of your fourth round picks for Cole Komet? Sure, why not? Yeah. Then if you if you say Cole Komet is our answer there, and that's where we're cutting Hunter Henry, like I guess I understand it, but like, give me something. You have to give me a real tight end, not a not a you know not a rookie tight end. Give me a real tight end that can replace Hunter Henry before you even think about cutting him. Yeah, I I, I agree with all that. Like even I only say forty six for tight end just out of you know hey if it's there right. and you think it's I get a need. It. But Listen, if he's if he's a great player and he's the best player on the board, if he's your number one player on the board there, and you feel like he can really give you an advantage over over what guys can do to you and whatnot, then I'm okay with it. I think it's early because you have too many other needs, but I I don't hate it. I don't hate it at 46. But here's the thing: I just look at it. Don't draft for want. Draft right. for need. Right. It's like it's like when we go. That's the thing with drafting. It's like when you and I go out shopping because we're just regular average guys. Yeah. You want to buy something, but you look at yourself and you're like, do I really need that? But then you look at it and be like, hey, this is on my list. I need to buy this. Um, I need to buy this item, but I want to buy this item. But do I necessarily need it? No, right. you buy the item that you need. Don't buy the item that you want. Wants are for free agency and trades. Draft is for things that you need because the NFL, unlike any other league, all the draft picks that you make can be day one contributors. Yeah. So that's the big thing with the NFL where you have to look at it and you have to go, hey, who has the best chance to make an impact in my building? Not, hey, look at us. We drafted this thing. Like That's right. the reason why the Kenny Pickett draft picks not being viewed in the best limelight right now because besides not only one quarterback going in the 2022 draft, the Steelers could have waited and this year, you know, you could have gone I and know, got someone better. Well, you know, though, I, I will say the one the one argument I'll make against what you're saying is that, you know, yes, but yeah. the Steelers drafted for need. That's what they did, right? They didn't draft for want. They drafted for need because they didn't have a quarterback, right? And so if you don't like the Kenny Pickett, you know, sign uh, draft, then you're kind of arguing against drafting for need, right? And you're arguing, you know, and so to me, it's like, yes, I want to draft for need, but I also have to realize that, you know, and and obviously, you know, you know this, but like, yeah, I'm not taking a guy that I have as my, you know, they need a tackle. Fine. I'm not taking a guy that I have as my third ranked tackle, right? Who I think, you know, is fine, but not great over a guy that I have ranked way higher above him. Even if it's at tight end, even if it's at wide receiver, even if it's at whatever the case may be, if that guy can come in and be a contributor day one, even if I don't really need the position, right? I think wide receiver, the Patriots need a wide receiver, but I think 14's early, but like, you know, whatever the case may be, or say it's an edge guy. They don't yeah. need an edge guy right now. No. But if you get an edge guy and you're like, this guy is available right now, like let's take him, you know? And so, and I do think once you get past like the second round, and I I guess maybe even the third round, once you get past there, you're just taking the best player on the board. 
Yeah. You know, you're not you're not drafting for need at that point. You're saying, I think this guy can be a contributor at some point down the road. Will it be this year? Will it be with us? I don't know. But I think this guy can be an actual pro in the league. And so I'm willing to take a shot on him. And so so it's it, it's tough because you do want to draft for need, but you also need to understand that, like, you know, when Austin Gale always talks about, you know, it's opportunity cost, yeah. right? It's what are you getting? If you draft a starting left tackle in the first round, you're saving a ton of money because those guys are super expensive. If you draft a cornerback in the first round, you're saving a ton of money because those guys are super expensive. If you draft a guard in the first round, you're not saving any money, right? Like, yeah, he's going to be cheap, but like the number one guard in the league doesn't get paid a ton of money. You're not saving a ton of money. Now, does that mean that the Coldstream picks suck? No, of course not. But like, you know, for the Patriots, they could have invested in a position where they're going to save more money and that draft capital will mean more. And so to me, that's why I feel about tight end. I'm like, you don't take a tight end early because there aren't a lot of great tight ends in the league. The chances of you hitting on a tight end early is not good because there aren't many good tight ends. So like maybe just wait on that position and see what happens, you know? And so um, that's kind of how I feel about tight end, not necessarily because you don't need it, but because like the chances of you, number one, you're not saving a time money by drafting one as a rookie. And number two, the chances of you hitting on one aren't great anyways. So just stay away from it. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna retract my statement about Kenny Pickett earlier, um, but I'm gonna refer to it more at like what they did with Najee Harris. That, that was yes, yeah. yes, that was right. something that they didn't exactly need in that moment. Yeah, um, Steelers are funny because it's like, what could we use? Oh, yeah. running back? Do you need a running back? Well, no, but like if we drafted a running back, our offense would be complete. All right, running back. Oh, do we need a quarterback? I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, we do. Is this guy the best? I don't know. All right, quarterback. Like, it's just like, what are you doing? You know, I, I don't know. That's what I meant more with the quarterback thing with Pickett, where it's like, hey, I you, get you. You could have gotten someone better in that position, maybe taken someone day two or day three, like correct. Been in that, like that Willis or Howell, which I know Willis didn't have exactly the best rookie year, but look, just because one quarterback is one bad year doesn't mean they're going to be correct. Terrible. And he didn't even start the year for you. Trubisky yeah. was your starter day one, right? So I know Kenny Pickett was good at the end of the year, and like I think the future is bright for him. He looked pretty good last year with, with Pittsburgh, but like. I don't know. I, I think if they had to do it over again, they might they might not have choose chose Kenny Pickett in that spot, but who knows? Yeah, and Pittsburgh right now, to me, they're in that purgatory where they're not good enough to compete, but they're not bad enough for a top 10. They're like where the Patriots were last year, in my opinion, right. where it's you're yep. not bad enough to be horrible, but you're not good enough to win more than right. nine games, in my opinion. Um, the one thing I'll say with Jalen Ramsey, too, going back to it, because it came in my head as we were talking, it kind of reminds me of like that, Rodney Harrison, Corey Dillon-ish, where it's like, you know, get them a new start, get them a new home, get them into a proper environment where they can thrive. Because we saw, like, I I, and I can reference this, obviously I was nine when it happened, but now because I read the book by Jeff Benedict, The Dynasty, I know all about it. Yep. Bill Belichick kicked Lord Molloy to the curb and didn't have any regrets about it. So that's that. And, right, um, that's, you know, yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting, and that's one of the. I, I think the guy's an elite level talent. He yeah. is, and maybe he's not where he was, but if you can get that guy at a discount rate, and and again, sure, maybe you got to pay him what you're paying him, fine, but you don't have to. You give up a fifth round pick to get him or six. I mean, like, what are you insane? Of course you do that deal, you know. Yeah. And so, 
to me, I just think I think it makes too much sense not to make that move uh, if you're the Patriots. And so I, I'd love to see them do it. Will they? Time will tell. We'll see. And, and you know, maybe maybe there's a bidding war for – maybe everyone feels the same way, and there's a bidding war for him, and he goes for a second-round pick instead of a fourth-round pick. I don't know. You know, but but to me, it, it, it makes a ton of sense for the Patriots to do. And, again, your, your defense runs a hell of a lot better when you got a number one shutdown corner. Yeah. That's the that's the big thing. You know what? It's just it's the tra- it's the thing that makes the engine run. That's yep. what a, picking up a Jalen Ramsey can be. But you know what, folks out there, enjoy the combine, the underwear Olympics, whatever you want to call them. Even though I say this, and I feel like the combine, you have to be a true football sicko to like actually watch it on TV for like yeah. the whole. Like I don't know if you if you do that or not. I used to. I now that I teach, it's harder to do. You know what I mean? Like during when I was like in college and stuff, I'd throw it on. I guess it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't on quite as much. But like over the weekend and stuff, I'll just throw it on just to have it on in the yeah. background. Like I'm not watching it a ton. Oh, and honestly, you don't need to watch it. You just need to see the highlights, right? Yeah. Like you get the highlights and stuff. And so, um, but it is, it is fun to watch at times. You know. But you're right. You have to be kind of crazy to to sit down and watch it for hours on end. Yeah, I'm saying you're not there being like mm-hmm, right, right. Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm, I'll save mm-hmm. the I'll save that for the scouts. <laughs> exactly. And basically, I'll I'll follow along with all the reporters and stuff that are probably right now. It is 10:41 on Tuesday. They're probably having a good time and a oh, couple. Yeah. Uh, probably a few pops. Had a, a few pops. Had a something to do with a Muppet. I don't know. Has the same name as a Muppet in it? Maybe I don't. Yeah, say no. Oh, that's the spot. That's the that's spot, it. man. One day I'll go. I'll go to. I just want to go to a combine. I feel like the combine is so much fun. I'd love to go to a combine. I'd love to go just to be because I feel like in that moment I feel like everyone would be like, "Oh, you gotta take like you know get photos of these guys." I would literally like that's because that's the thing with this day and age. Like I realize with concerts and stuff, where it's just like just enjoy your surroundings and what's right. around you. Right. I feel like that's what I would do in that situation where like you see. Let's give a perfect example. Mike McDaniel in the corner, yep. running around the bar, the shirt off, plastered, or like Andy <laughs> Reid just in the corner, with like a tw- like but, a twenty-five ounce porterhouse. But that's it's what just, that's what makes those moments so good because yeah. no one has their phones out, no one's taking pictures, no one's writing things down. Everything's off the record. Everyone's drinking. Like that's that's like the highlight of your year if you're a sports guy, right? You know what I mean? Like yeah. going there, that'd be like. That'd be unbelievable. And then, yeah, it's like, hey, this happened. Well, you know, oh, do you have any pictures? No, I don't have any pictures. No, that's the whole point. You're not supposed to take pictures when you're there. You know what I mean? And so it's like, that's that would be cool. And like, imagine, just imagine, just think about it. Imagine yeah. like you do something funny or you start and people are like, just you're just thinking. You don't have to know it, but you're just thinking about, man, Mike McDaniels or whoever it is, right, yeah. is is thinking or is telling a story about the time he met me when he was in the NAM was like, that's good enough. Who cares? I don't need a video of that. Just, just the idea of thinking about that is dope enough. You know? Exactly. That's the thing. It's just in, in enjoy the moment, enjoy right. everything. Cause that's the th- like that. I feel like I've always said that too, with like with media credential things, obviously is football reporters, football, we, we, you and I report, we write, we podcast, do all kinds of things. That's the place to be more than like yeah. obviously look the Super oh, Bowl yeah. would be a dream for yeah. anyone or even a Patriots game or any NFL game. But I feel like right. to actually get to be credentialed at the combine would be a pretty, pretty cool experience. Oh yeah. 
Oh, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, you never know. Someday. All you have to do is manifest with that kind of stuff. That's right. See? Yeah. That, that's it. And that's it for this podcast, guys. Pat, it was a pleasure getting to talk to you. We'll have to do it again soon before the draft and everything like that. And now on to what I was talking about before, because today is Patriots, and I love to do it, but sometimes you got to rip a Band-Aid off, and the Band-Aid <laughs> I get to rip off is this Thursday as Greg Thompson, a cover one, will be here as we're going to talk about some Buffalo Bill stuff. Oh, baby. So, that's that's what's coming up Thursday. We have oh, a great. lot more for everyone saying, oh, you talk about too much Patriots. Well, I'm talking about our arch rivals on Thursday. So for that one, guys, just remember, I love my Pats, but I love football as a whole. And I have to say partisan. But for Pat Lane, I'm Griff Ortegon. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good night, everybody. And ooh, it's, it's getting late. And enjoy the Underwear Olympics if you're a true sicko and you watch it. Good night. <laughs> Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast. Heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.